Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. A podcast for kids, by kids. Hello and welcome back to another season of Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. I'm Bridge. And I'm Molly. We are, And we are so excited to be back for season four with all new stories, legends, and a few spooky tales. Yes, it's good to be back. So we have a little update. We have a few new merchandise items in our shop, so go check those out. I especially love the New England Map t-shirt that points out some of our favorite legends we've discussed on the show. And I love the Legendary Women of New England t-shirt. Shout out to our mom for designing those for us. You can check out the merchandise and buy your faves on our website at www.lfhne.com. Last season, we talked about the midnight rides of Paul Revere and a few other patriots during the Revolutionary War. But did you know that a 16-year-old girl also made a midnight ride? During an era when girls were basically supposed to cook and clean and keep a house, get married, and take care of kids, this awesome girl was kicking butt and taking names. So technically that girl lived in New York, but the battle that caused her to make this midnight ride took place in Connecticut, so we are counting it as a New England legend. We should probably tell them who we are talking about. Yeah, good point. So today we are going to be sharing the legend of the midnight ride of Sybil Luddington. Let's start with a little background on Sybil and her family. Most of this information was taken from womenshistory.org. Born in New York on April 5th, 1761, Luddington was the eldest of Henry and Abigail's 12 children. In addition to working as a farmer, Luddington's father was a gristmill owner who served in the military for over 60 years, including during the French and Indian War. He was loyal to the British crown until 1773, when he switched sides and joined the Patriots in the American Revolution. He was promoted to colonel of his local regiment. His land was along a route between Connecticut and the coast of Long Island Sound that was vulnerable to a British attack. So Sybil apparently had a pretty normal colonial upbringing. We are guessing. There is no literal information on her life prior to her ride, so we honestly don't know exactly what it looked like. But we can assume, as the oldest girl, she, like helped care for her siblings and things around the house and farm. But on April 26th, 1777, that would all change. On that day, her dad received word that a nearby Danbury, Connecticut, was under attack by British troops. And by under attack, they mean the British were burning the town down to the ground, ransacking and basically doing all the awful things people do during war to the quote-unquote enemy. Right. So time was not on the American side, and when Colonel Luddington got this news, his troops had disbanded for the planting season and returned to their own farms. I didn't realize that was a thing you could do, just leave and go back to your own farm for planting season. Seems weird. It does, but that's what happened. So with the rider exhausted from his ride to, from Danbury to the Luddington farm and the colonel faced with getting ready for the battle, he turned to his oldest daughter. Now, accounts vary. Some say Sybil volunteered, others say Dad commanded her to go. But either way, Sybil jumped on her horse, Star, and began her journey. She rode all night across the dark, wooded countryside warning Luddington's men of the attack and approaching danger. She rode almost 40 miles, twice the distance of Paul Revere. By the time she returned home the next morning, hundreds of soldiers had gathered to fight the British. Unfortunately, by the time the soldiers gathered, it was too late for Danbury, and the town was in shambles and ashes. They were able to attack the British who had retreated from Danbury and in nearby Ridgefield, Connecticut, were able to push back the British to Long Island Sound. 
1784, a year after the war ended, Sybil married Edmund Ogden and had a son. They named him Henry after her father. They made their home in Catskill, New York. Unfortunately, Sybil's husband died in 1799 of yellow fever. Quick side note, if you don't know what yellow fever is, it's really awful and there were several, several yellow fever epidemics in early America. There is a really great book, Fever 1793, about the epidemic in Philadelphia that was probably the source of Sybil's husband's disease. Check out the book. I highly recommend it. It's a young adult, so I'd probably say middle school, fifth or sixth grade. Okay, back to Sybil. Four years after her husband died, she bought a tavern and helped her son become a lawyer. I mean, this woman was seriously kicking butt for back then doing what she needed to do to have a good life. She eventually sold the tavern and, and made a significant amount of money off it, three times what she paid for the land, and purchased a home for her son and his family and herself. After her son died in 1838, Ludington applied for a Revolutionary War pension. Since her husband had served in the military, her pension was denied, claiming insufficient proof of marriage. At age 77, Ludington died in poverty. So that's a bummer. The government basically noped her out of what was rightfully hers, and she suffered because of it. And with that, Sybil faded out of memories of the revolution. And within a few years, the story of her ride had faded into history. That is until the Daughters of the American Revolution commissioned a sculpture of her in 1961, and then the post office released a bicentennial stamp in her honor in 1976. Fun fact, Mom is part of the DAR, a great lots of time grandfather who was part of the New Jersey militia during the American Revolution. If you want to visit the statue, it's by Lake Lenida in Carmel, New York, and you can follow her route of her midnight ride by following historical markers through Putnam County. She's laid to rest by her father in Patterson Presbyterian Cemetery. So there you have it, Sybil Ludington, a teenage girl who deserves recognition for her contribution to the revolution. Well, that wraps up this week. Anything else? Yes, I have a shout out. We have a message from Aaliyah in Canada. She says her kids love our podcast and her daughter, Gabby, has been inspired to start a podcast of her own. We can't wait to listen, Gabby. Write back and let us know where we can tune in. That's awesome. Hi, Gabby. Hey, Bridge. Remember when we were listening to Ghost Hunting in New England and they inspired us to do this podcast? It's like a whole podcast inspire inspiration chain. I love it. Me too. If you haven't already, give us a like and follow and send us a message. We would love to hear from you on Facebook at LFHNE and Instagram at LFHNE underscore kids. If you like what you are hearing, we would also love for a like, follow, and rating wherever you listen to podcasts. So that's it for this week. Tune in next week as we stay in Connecticut and take a trip up to Mash and Tuck at Pequot Museum. Until next week, remember, history is fun and sometimes a little spooky. <laughs> Test. Oh, 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 uh, hi. Yeah, I'm testing. I like cats. Nice. So, Sybil apparently had a pretty normal colonial. Colonial. <laughs> colonial. Colonial. Okay. Okay.